Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. The Bible tells us something very interesting in the book of Job, Job chapter 14. If you read from verse number one there, the Bible tells us there. It's a man who is born of woman is of few days. And full of troubles. In other words, your time on earth is short, but that short time that you are spending on this earth is going to be <clears throat> is going to be characterized by times of trouble. In other words, there is no period where you are just going to have a smooth sail. The rich have their own problem. The poor have their own problem. The educated have their own problem. The illiterate have their own problem. Man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. In other words, life is full of battles. And some of the, the interesting thing about the battles of life is that they are not just physical. They are also spiritual in nature. And the fact that you cannot see spiritual battles does not mean that they are not there. The fact that you do not recognize them does not mean that they are not influencing your life. The fact that you are not engaging them doesn't mean they are going to leave you alone. Okay? They will always be there. They are going to interact with you. They are going to challenge your life. They are going to try to stop you. The Bible makes us understand that. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. In other words, if you don't protect what you have, they will steal it. If you don't protect it very well, they will try to kill it. And if you don't take time, they will completely destroy it. And that is why the Bible says, as from the days of John the Baptist, said, the kingdom of God suffers violence. And only the violent take it by force. In other words, thus I remember when we were growing up back in Lagos, if anybody before they do it, we, we believe in the principle of first attack. And the principle of first attack is simple. You look at somebody. Before that person slaps your face, you slap that person. As soon as you slap the person, he will not come at you again because he's already intimidated. That is the way you fight the battle of life. If you keep quiet and watch, the enemy will eat your lunch. But when you are, when you are, when you are, when you are proactive in the battles of life, when you fight, when you fight proactively, you will find out that your enemy will see you and they will run away from you. So the fact that you are not engaged does not mean that the enemy will, of our soul will stop fighting. And like I said at the very beginning, our goal is not to look at spiritual warfare. There will be a time and a season for that spiritual warfare. But what we are trying to look at during this series of studies is to be able to look at the few to look at how the people in the scriptures, how the, the men and the women that have fought and they have won their battles that confronted them in life. And we want to look at the strategies that they used to be able to win those battles. Because everyone, like we said in the book of Job chapter 14, everyone that is born of a woman have their own issue. They have their own challenges. They have their own, they have their own measure of trouble that life will throw at them. The question is how did they handle it? What were the strategies that they employed? And we have looked at various individuals in the scripture. We looked at the battles that Jacob fought. We Last week we looked at the battle that Ruth fought. And today we are taking a step further and looking at another individual in the scripture. And this guy is, is, is the man called Joshua. The Bible makes us to understand that Joshua was the servant of what? Servant of Moses. And if you if you read the book of the whole book of Exodus, and actually the 
most of the first uh, by five book of Moses was about the Exodus. And you will begin to see that at this particular time, the Bible makes us understand that the children of Israel, if you begin to read from the book of Exodus, children of Israel started traveling through the wilderness, led by Moses. Moses led them. They, fed, they were fed by manna from heaven. They were led by pillars of fire. They were led by pillar of cloud. They part, the Red Sea parted for them. They went, into the, they went into the wilderness. And the Bible makes us to understand that when they even needed me, the Lord Almighty rained food from heaven upon them. For 40 years, their clothes were not going, their clothes were not growing old. For 40 years, the Lord Almighty took care of them. They were in the presence of the Almighty God. They enjoyed the benefits of walking with the Lord, of seeing God operate on their life on a daily basis. Now, if we pick up the story of the children of Israel from Joshua chapter 1, you will begin to see a different individual. There was a transition that took place. And that transition meant that Moses who had been leading them, Moses who had been the servant of God, Moses who had been the person that the Lord has been using to be able to lead the children of God to the promised land, that Moses now transitioned from the state. He died. And his assistant, Joshua, now took over. Now Joshua had his own set of troubles. Moses, when he was on, when he was leading the children of Israel, had his own set of troubles. But now that Joshua is on the stage now, he had a fresh set of trouble. And if you pick up the story from Joshua chapter 1, reading from verse number 1, the Bible said, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, my servant Moses is now is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I am giving to which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place the sole of your feet shall tread upon, shall tread upon. I have given you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I shall be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For, uh, for to these people, you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swear to thy father to give them. Only be very, only be strong and very courageous, and that that you may observe to do according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that ye may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but ye shall meditate in it day and night, that ye may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then ye shall make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, prior to this particular verse of the scripture, this particular section of the scripture, the Bible tells us that Moses was already, was a, like, like I was saying earlier, Moses was the leader. Moses was the one taking them from the promised land, from, from Egypt to the promised land. Moses left this particular state. A new young leader was now appointed. And this young leader was confronted with the challenges of life. Right from the very beginning, when when Joshua took over, he was confronted with the challenges of life. The first problem, the first challenge that he was confronted with was the departure of a trusted mentor. The departure of a trusted mentor. The Bible tells us in verse number two that we read, it says, Moses, my servant is dead. In other words, the person that you used to trust, the person that you used to depend upon, that particular individual that was that, was that particular trusted friend, the person that you relied upon is cancelled to be able to make decisions, that person is no longer there. 
That was the first challenge that this guy, this, uh, that, uh, that Joshua faced. The second challenge was Joshua, Joshua faced an uncertain future. Here was a man called Moses who could hear the voice of the Almighty God. The man called Moses was a man that spoke face to face with the Almighty God. The man Moses was the one that spent 40 days in that particular mountain where the Lord God Almighty inscribed the inscribed the, the laws upon the tablet of stone and gave it to him. Here was a man that saw the backside of the Almighty God. Here was a man that knew the mind of the Almighty God. The book of Psalms told us that the children of Israel understood they, they, they understood the acts of God. But Moses understood the way of God. This was the man that was the mentor of Joshua. And all of a sudden this man is no longer there. Can you imagine a person that you have grown so accustomed to you are so accustomed to their wisdom. You are so accustomed to the fact that they are the one that knows the mind of God and they can tell the direction that God wants to go. And all of a sudden, that person is no longer there to give you counsel. That person is no longer there to be able to lead you the way you should go. How lost will you feel? This was what this man felt. Not only the departure of a trusted mentor, the Biosha was facing an uncertain future. Because at this point in time, he now has to learn to hear from God. He now had to learn to understand the mind of God. He now had to learn how to understand where the direction that God is going. Especially when you are dealing with the children of Israel. He now had to understand that. The Bible now told him, go over this Jordan. There was an uncertain future. Yes, there was a promise that they were going to go to the promised land. But the promised land, nobody knows. The, the promised land is not just an empty place. It was inhabited by strong people. Joshua, the first issue he faced, the first challenge of life that he faced was the challenge of the, of, of the departure of a, of a trusted mentor. The second issue was facing an uncertain future. The third one was that he was surrounded by people who were uncircumcised. Bible tells in the book of Joshua chapter 5. If you read from verse number 2, the Bible says, At that time, the Lord said to Moses, he said to Joshua, Take flint knives for yourselves and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. So Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the children of Israel all at the hills of the foreskin. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all of the men of war, had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. For all the people who came out had been circumcised. But all the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. In other words, the people that surrounded Joshua at that time, the people that were that were supposed to be Joshua's associates at that time, these were people who were not circumcised. And what does that mean? It means these were people who were not experienced with the Lord. It means these are people who have not yet given, who have not yet had an encounter with the Almighty God. When you are walking with the people who have not encountered with the Lord, you don't know what they will do. When you are walking with people who are uncircumcised, it means there is no covenant with the Almighty God. It means there is no relationship with the Almighty God. And this is the challenge that is facing. Apart from the fact that Moses was gone, apart from the fact of uncertain, uh, uncertain future, the third thing was the fact that he was, he was surrounded with people who even didn't, who are, who have no relationship with the Almighty God. These were people who were uncircumcised. How do you get counsel? How do you get direction? How do you know the mind of God? When you are dealing with people who don't even know the Almighty God. The fourth issue that he had was he had this intimidating opposition. That was the next thing that Joshua faced. Joshua faced intimidating position, uh, opposition. Joshua chapter 6, reading from verse number 1. The Bible says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. In other words, Jericho was not just a walk in the park. Jericho was a fortified city. Jericho was a place that you cannot just walk into. It was a place that had a strong army. It was a place that was well defended. And there are times when you will face situations that are very intimidating. You will face 
Oppositions that are see, that are very very severe. You will take a step forward and you will see that your opposition is not bulging. The person that you are going against is actually threatening to be to be able to deal with you. What do you do when you get to that kind of situation? When life appears not to be moving, when everything appears to be a standstill, when you so seems to, when it seems that this is the last day, this is the last stop, that the promise of God will not be fulfilled, what do you do? This was the situation that Joshua faced. He faced an intimidating opposition in the people of Jericho. And what did he do there? What is it? That was number four. Number five thing that Joshua faced when he took the leadership of, of Jericho of Israel was he faced a defeat at the heels of breakthrough. In other words, the Lord had given him victory in, Jer- in, in Jericho. And because the Lord had given him victory in Jericho, he thought he could go into Ai and fight and win. But the Bible told us that he was defeated by a, by a city that was much, much less than Jericho. In other words, he had victory. He was already celebrating. He was on top of the world in one day. Then the next day, he suffered a crushing defeat. One day, there was a lot of promises. And then tomorrow, that promise was that. One day, there was supposed to be breakthrough. And the next thing, there was no breakthrough. One day, there was supposed to be, he was supposed to be the person that was supposed to be reckoned with. And the next day, he began to start tearing his clothes in repentance in the face of the Almighty God. The fifth issue he faced was not just the intimidating opposition, but the defeat at the heels of a breakthrough. When he thought he has already conquered, what can be stronger than Jericho? What other trouble can I face apart from Jericho? I have had that particular, I've had this opposition. The most difficult person I was able to persuade. The most difficult situation I've been able to deal with. Then all of a sudden, this situation shows up that you are not prepared for. And then you face that particular defeat. Joshua had to go through that particular one. The Bible tells us in Joshua chapter 7, reading from verse number 4. It's also... So about 3,000 men went up there from the, from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai, and the men of Ai struck down struck down about 36 men, for they chased them before they, they chased them from before the gate as far as Sherebim and struck them down on the descent. Therefore the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Joshua 7 reading from verse number 4. What we are saying is that Joshua had had victory. In a place where he thought he would not have victory. The Lord had given him victory. And only for him to turn around and suffer a defeat in the most, in the most insignificant place. That's, those are the challenges that he faced. The, 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 the number six challenge that he faced was the betrayal in the camp. It is not enough that he has suffered, that he has had this opposition to deal with. It's not even enough that he has had, he has had a, what do you call it, uh, an intimidating, de- a, a, a terrible defeat in the hands of Ai. Then he now came to discover that even within his own camp, there was betrayal and there was sin in that camp. How would you feel after you have gone out all day? You have done what you are supposed to do. You have fought the battles you are supposed to fight. You have confronted the people that you need to confront. You have won some battles. You have lost some battles. And then you now come home. A place of refuge. A place where you expect that, yes, everybody will have your back. A place where you think that nobody will be able to betray you. And then you find that there was a betrayer. And then you find there is sin. And then you find there is outright disobedience to the laws of God. And that particular disobedience was not just restricted. What it was, it was, it was as a re- you find that the defeat that you actually experienced in the field was as a result of the betrayal that came from your house. How do you deal with this kind of situation? How do you deal with somebody that you bear your heart to and then you find out that that person is actually working against you? How do you be, how do you deal with a situation where you look at the, where you look at an individual? The instruction was very clear, but this person deliberately went against the instruction that have been given. How do you deal with this kind of situation? How do you deal with a situation where you woke up in the morning all full of hope, knowing that yes, the Lord is with you, and then you turn around only to be defeated by a city that cannot be reckoned with, only to be defeated by a situation that you can that you can easily. Return 
25. How do you deal with those kind of situations? These were the things that Joshua faced because there was a, there was sin and betrayal in the camp. In Joshua chapter 7, reading from verse number 20, the Bible tells us, and Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord of Israel, and this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils of a beautiful, I, 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 when I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver, a wedge of gold, weighing 50 shekels, I coveted and I took them. And there, and there they are, hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with silver, with, with silver underneath it. In other words, Achan was telling Joshua here, this is what I've done. When everybody was beating, fighting and defeating the and defeating the, the, the people of Jericho, Achan was busy stealing the things that they found there. The same thing that the Lord had told him not to touch. That was exactly those things that they went after. So you find out that Joshua had this particular issue he had to deal with. Not only that, and finally, Joshua was deceived by trusted people. If you read Joshua chapter 9, reading from verse number 3, the Bible tells us that when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard that Joshua had done, heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and to Ai, they walked craftily and went and pretended to be ambassadors. And they took old sacks on their donkeys and old wineskins torn and mended. In other words, what they did was that because they knew that Israel was going to continue to conquer the land, they came to Joshua pretending as if they came from a very far place. And Joshua, without consulting the Almighty God, said, okay, no problem, we're not going to fight with you. They made a covenant with them. Joshua was defeated, Joshua was deceived into signing a, a treaty with a group of people that was next to them. Later, when they found them, they became their bonsai. But the point we are trying to make is this. As Joshua became the new leader of the land of Israel, as he became the new leader of the people taking them to the promised land, he had his own share of problems in life. Just like you and I have our own share of problems. When we take up a new responsibility, when we move to a new area, we start a new business or we start a new career, we start a young family or we are trying to raise a family or trying to raise our children in the way of the Lord, they are going to be faced with issues. Issues will face with opposition. Issues of defeat in the heartbreak. Issues of betrayal. Issues of deception. We are going to face all sorts of issues. The, issue, the, 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 the point we are making this evening is not whether you are going to face those issues. The point we are making is how do you deal with the issues when they come to you? How do you respond when you have this kind of issue? When you are being betrayed, how do you respond? When you are being stabbed in the back, how do you respond? When you fail at the edge of breakthrough, how do you respond? When things don't go the way we expect it to go, how do you respond? Let's go back to the Bible. Let's go back to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. If you start reading from verse number 1 again, the Bible says, Now, the, now uh, after, the death, uh, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, son of Nun, my, uh, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, and you and all the people to the land which I am giving unto them, the children of Israel. Every place the soul of your feet shall tread upon, I have given unto you, as I said unto Moses. How did Joshua deal with the situation that he was confronted with when he was given the when he was given the role of the leader of the children of Israel. Number one, the first strategy he employed was the strategy of reality check. The strategy of reality check. What do I mean by the reality check? The Bible tells us, Moses, my servant, is dead. In other words, you can wish Moses was here. You can dream about Moses. You can have an you, you can you can begin to fantasize about all the time that you spent with Moses, all the advice Moses could have given you, all the things that Moses had done, the smell of Moses' hair robe. All the, you can do all those things. The Bible is saying to Joshua, Joshua, wake up, Moses is dead. 
And the same thing the Lord is saying to us, regardless of what we have experienced in the past, regardless of the victories that we have had in the past, the situation you are in right now, the Lord is saying, wake up. This is the reality you are facing. How are you going to deal with it? Moses, my servant, is dead. The first strategy that Joshua had to deal with, that Joshua employed, in order to be able to lead the children of Israel successfully, was the strategy of reality check. Okay, Joshua had to come to the reality of the absence of Moses in his life. He had to come to that reality that this is what I am dealing with. This is the condition that I'm dealing with. I can sit down here and mope. I can sit down here and cry. I can sit down here and continue to wish and to imagine. But that will not change my situation. If I'm going to move forward, I have to be able to accept the reality and begin to do. What do I do next? So the first thing that Joshua did was to come, was to do a reality check. The second thing he did was to step out in the was to, was to depend upon the Almighty God. Depend upon the Almighty God. He had to trust and to depend upon the Almighty God. The Bible tells us, it says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, you have under, uh, uh, you and all these people, to the land which I have given unto the children of Israel. Every place the of your fish are tread upon, I have given to you, as I said unto Moses. In other words, if, Mo- if Joshua is going to be the leader that God has called him to be, if Joshua is going to be the person that God has called him to be, it is one thing for you to have a reality check. It's another thing for you to do something about that reality check. He has to make up his mind. Joshua had to make up his mind and say, okay, Moses is gone. How then do I make a success of this call? First of all, the only way I can do it is to follow the footsteps of my mentor. And what was his footstep? His footstep was to trust and to depend upon the Almighty God. Because when, jo- when Moses did that, Moses had success. And if Joshua was going to have success, if, and, he, and, he really, and he really followed the teaching of his mentor, he too must have to depend and to trust upon the Almighty God. So the first strategy was to check reality, the reality check. Second strategy was to trust and to depend upon the Almighty God. The third strategy was to step out in faith. The Bible says, every place the sole of your feet shall tread upon, there I have given unto you. Inherent in that particular verse of the scripture means that if the sole of the feet of Moses, of Joshua, did not step on anything, nothing will be given unto him. So for him to be able to become the leader that was supposed to be, he has to step out in faith. Believing that God is faithful. Believing that God will give him what he said he was giving to him. He cannot sit back. And begin to say, oh, this is what happened. I don't know if God will give it to me. So let me just stay where I am right now. Because where I am right now, I am sure of it. If we stay where we are and we are sure of it, we will not be able to make advancement. If we stay where we are and we don't step out in faith, we will not be able to enlarge our territory. If we stay where we are and do not enlarge our, and do not step out in faith, you will end up not being able to see the promises of God being fulfilled in our life. Joshua had to step out in faith. When you are facing an uncertain future, Trusting and depending upon the Almighty God is one thing. But that is not enough. You have to be able to step out on faith. Because unless you step out in faith, unless you begin to do what you are supposed to do, unless you begin to do what the, what the enemy expects you not to do, you will not see the victory. When, they, when, when you are facing an uncertain future, the Bible tells us when the, children of Israel, when the, when the disciples, when they were in the boat, there was storm blowing up around them, up and down. And the Bible makes us understand that they, that, that boat was about to capsize. And then they saw Lord Jesus Christ coming upon the sea, walking upon the sea. Peter said, if it's you, O Lord, tell me to come. The Lord said, come. Now, Peter has received the, has received the word, come. But the reality of walking upon water is not going to happen in life of Peter until Peter steps out of the boat and starts walking on water. 
the reality of possessing the promised land will be elusive in the life of the children of Israel until Joshua is willing to step out in faith and obey the instructions of the Almighty God. The reality of the promise of God for your life, for your family, for your business, for your career, for anything that God has spoken concerning you will not be, will be an illusion until you step out and begin to obey the Almighty God and begin to trust Him to fulfill His promises in your life. So, the first strategy was the strategy of reality check. Second strategy, strategy of dependency. Third strategy, strategy of stepping out of faith. Strategy number four was strategy of dedication and covenant renewal. Dedication and covenant renewal. Joseph, Joshua understood one thing, and that is that the only way you can advance in life is when God is with you. The Bible tells us when, jo- when Moses was praying, Moses said, Lord, if your presence do not go with us, don't take us from here. In other words, don't tell me to go to a place where your presence will not go with me. Don't tell me to do something where you are not backing me up. When your spirit is not there, don't ask me to do it because I know I'm going to fail. And Joshua understood that because Joshua has been with Moses all the time. And Joshua knew that for him to be able to succeed in the job that he has been given, God must be present. And what is the best way to have God present himself in your situation? The best way to present God in your situation is to present God with a sacrifice and an offering. Okay? What better way to get the attention of heaven than to offer a sacrifice and renew your covenant with the almighty God? The Bible makes us to understand. He said, "Covenant." He said, "The sacrifice of a pure." He said, "The Lord God Almighty will not reject." In other words, the Lord will always respect, have respect when you bring, a, when you renew your covenant and you offer an offering to the Almighty God with a pure heart. What did Joshua do? The Bible tells us in Joshua chapter five that Joshua had to circumcise the heart of all the uncircumcised associates that were with him. All the men and the women that were, sorry, all the men that were with him, that were born in the wilderness, that have not been circumcised, in order for Joshua to be able to possess the promised land, what he did was he had to circumcise all those people. He had to renew the covenant that God made with Abraham. He renewed that covenant because he knows as long as there's a covenant between you and the Almighty God, God is obligated to work with you. He understood that. And because he understood that, he renewed his covenant. When you are facing a difficult situation in life, when you are facing a difficult challenge in life, when life is not, when things are not moving the way you expect it to move, all you need to do is to be able to renew your covenant with the Almighty God. Renew your vow with the Almighty God. Come before Him with a renewed dedication and see if God will not step upon your situation. You know, if, if God will not step into your situation. There's a verse of the scripture, I can't remember it right now. But the, situation, but the story behind that verse of the scripture, I think it's in the book of 1 Kings. The story behind that verse of the scripture is that this king went to war. And as he was fighting and was fighting, he wasn't having any victory. But the time came, he knew that for him to have a victory, he had to do something special. And he was a pagan king. So what he did was that he took one of his sons and offered it as a sacrifice at that place when he was fighting that war. And as he fight that particular, as he offered his son as his, his, his son as a sacrifice, the Bible makes us understand that his situation changed and he was able to win the war. What am I trying to say? When you offer the Lord God Almighty a sacrifice at the time of at the time of difficulty, when you give to the Lord something that costs you, when you dedicate yourself, when you renew your covenant with the Almighty God at a difficult junction, what you see is that heaven pays attention and your situation they step into it. That was what Joshua did. 
Joshua knew he was in the midst of people who are not sacrificed. He knew he had to be able to conquer the promised land. He knew he had to settle in there. And what he did was not, not just to be able to say, oh, uh, come to the reality. Not just to be able to step out in faith. But he also gave a dedication and renewed his covenant with the Almighty God. Number five, strategy. Joshua knew that in order for him to be able to defeat Jericho, in order to be able to fight and prosecute all the wars that he was going to fight in new in the in the, in the promised land, he knew he could not do it in his own wisdom. He knew he could not do it in his own power. He knew that he had to get the resource of heaven. He had to get the wisdom, the power, the understanding of heaven. He knew he had to talk to the Almighty God for him to give the Lord, for the Lord to give him an instruction on how to prosecute it. And how did he do? He listened for a clear instruction. When you are going through a difficult situation, we are going through difficult circumstances. When life appears to be impossible, in order for the strategy that you can employ is the strategy of going to the Almighty God in prayer and asking Him for instruction. Bible makes us to understand that He is the one that knows the end from the very beginning. The Bible tells us that He said, Call upon me and I will hear and I will answer and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. In other words, the secret things belong to the Almighty God. That's what the Bible tells us. So, Joshua understood that for him to fight and defeat Jericho, he had to get instruction from heaven. And the instruction he got from heaven was that all you have to do was say, you are not going to fight in this battle. Just walk around that particular wall seven times. And on the seventh day, walk about it seven times. And just shout hallelujah. And that's the end of your story. And that was what happened. For you to be able to win the battles of life, you need to be able to get the understanding of talking to the Almighty God and receiving instruction from heaven. And then finally, Joshua understood that there is no way you can fight and win the battles of life when there is sin in the camp. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening. Thank you.